Welcome in to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you from the Tesla Studios here in San Diego, California. It is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. It is nice early morning here on Tuesday morning, a little earlier than I would normally record this podcast. The sun hasn't quite popped up over, you know, over the horizon. You know, the Cali Green Monster is feeling a little under the weather today. And, you know, it's COVID related, but no, I don't have COVID. Yesterday, I actually got my first shot of the Moderna vaccine. So, you know, I'm doing my best to, you know, try to fight COVID-19. You know, COVID-19, you might have taken away our freedom, but we'll fucking fight back. And, you know, I feel like this is one of the ways I can do my part is, you know, we need to everyone get vaccinated. And that's one of the steps towards everything coming back. And that's including live sports. You know, one of the side effects, though, of the Moderna vaccine is, you know, in addition to you know, your arm being sore where you got it shot. Um, you know, you could just get straight up muscle fatigue and headaches and stuff. So I definitely, you know, have those side effects right now. It kind of feels kind of like a mild hangover, you know, just kind of like that, like dull headache and joints kind of feeling sore, you know, so, you know, it's, it's not the worst and, you know, that's just your immune system working. So, or at least that's my immune system working. So, you know, I'm definitely tired and I feel like I'm going to definitely, you know, I, I haven't 100% made the decision yet on work yet, but I'm probably going to hang back today because I definitely feel like I'm going to need to rest up. You know, it wasn't the greatest night of sleep last night. You know, I feel like how some people when they say, oh, like, you know, I could drink a lot and when I'm hungover, I can just sleep the day away. And I feel like whenever I have like hangover symptoms and I have like that dull headache and I have the worst time sleeping and that's one of the reasons I'm out here, you know, in the, you know, even before the butt crack of dawn, you know, to record this thing. Cause I just really wasn't sleeping, just, you know, not feeling the greatest sipping on Pedialyte. You know, I have a nice glass of Pedialyte here in the Tesla studio. So, you know, sip a Pedialyte for the boys. Ah, yeah. Nice little slurp there. It's going to make me feel all right. You know, you could be like, ah, you know, Dean, why didn't you just uh, not record this morning if you're not feeling that great? And I feel like, you know what, the people, they're going to miss this sultry voice of the Cali Green Monster. And we've got, you know, there were a couple college basketball games last night that I slightly want to gloat about. So while that's still relevant, I want to be able to talk about it, be able to highlight the other two Elite Eight matchups that are going to be going on tonight. And on yesterday's show, a nice long podcast that ended up being, I think, close to 45 minutes of me just straight talking. I felt like it was jam-packed full of goodies. I did mention that on today's show, I was going to review the episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm a man who delivers on his promises, so I'm hoping to bring all that to you today. So as I had mentioned yesterday, there was a couple college basketball games that happened, the first two of the Elite Eight, and I'm ha really happy in particular about one game, you know, because it's the Houston and Oregon State game. Houston is a team that I picked at the beginning while filling out my bracket to go on a run, and I had them going not only to the Final Four, I have them going to the National Championship. So, you know, no one else in my group has 
picked Houston to go that far. I think a lot of people look at Houston as a school that is from a smaller conference, not one of the power five. So even when I was telling people, oh, yeah, Houston, they're top 10 in defensive and offensive efficiency, their rebuttal would be like, well, what was their competition? So, you know, Houston, they're showing that, hey, that, you know, they're a solid team on both the front and the backcourt, you know, offense and defense. They completely out-rebounded Oregon State. They dominated the offensive glass. I think they got 15 points off of, you know, offensive rebounding. So when you can dominate the offensive rebounding and their backcourt was just, like, really leading the way scoring, they, you know, they took – they they really ended Oregon State's kind of Cinderella bid that they were, you know, doing. It was a nice run to the Elite Eight, but I guess it had to stop somewhere. And, you know, they were really struggling from the free throw line yesterday. So, you know, you can't really win a game like that. And then in the other Elite Eight matchup, we had Baylor versus Arkansas. You know, Arkansas's had a couple epic games this tournament, but, you know, that magic ran out against Baylor. Baylor jumped out to a big lead. I think they had an 18-point lead nine minutes into the game. They never really relinquished it. So, you know, Baylor, the number one seed from their con- or their region, they're moving on to the Final Four as well. So we've got Baylor and Houston who are meeting each other in the Final Four. You know, two Texas schools, Houston and Waco, Texas, are separated by like a short three three-hour drive so they're not that far from each other and you know if we look at today's matchups depending on today's results we could potentially have you know a a texas matchup on one side of the final four and then an la matchup on the other side of the final four so the first game we got tonight is gonzaga versus usc and then the second game we got michigan versus ucla you know gonzaga is you know an elite offense i think they're you know first overall in like in scoring two point baskets and I think it's when you look at the statistics they're first in the nation by a long margin so they're very efficient on on the offensive side they you know they I think they are third in the nation in ball possession so they you know they're so they're very great at you know maintaining the ball and if you you know just like in football if you're having you have the ball majority of the time you're probably winning the game you know but they're running into a usc team that's gotten really hot the mobley brothers you know seven feet and six ten they're elite big men they're they've got other couple big guys on their team like six eight six seven so usc is a very long team very good on the defensive side and if usc is going to pull off this upset it's probably going to be because of you know their size really you know causing problems for Gonzaga and making it a lower scoring game so that's going to be a pretty good one and then in UCLA and Michigan you know Michigan is a team that you know they're a very stingy defensive team you know they cause their opponents to show shoot low field goal percentages you know I think that you know if a team can get around 50 percent um you know from the field that's probably the best you're going to be able to do against Michigan. And, you know, UCLA, on the other hand, they're very good at not turning the ball over. So they shouldn't be giving Michigan too many extra possessions or extra chance of baskets. So, you know, it'll be pretty interesting to see how that one goes. UCLA has gone on a nice little run here by, you know, playing their way into the tournament by beating one of the other big, the other big school in Michigan, Michigan State. So they have an opportunity to beat both Michigan and Michigan State here in March. So we'll see. 
me personally, even though I grew up as a USC football fan, you know, my cousin went to USC, I'm probably going to be pulling for Gonzaga because I have them winning the national championship. And if I can get Gonzaga and Houston into the national, if they both make it to the national championship, I'm going to win my group's bracketology. So I'm definitely pulling for Gonzaga because at the end of the day, winning like 70 bucks is more important to whatever allegiance you've had for the sports school your entire life. I didn't go to USC. If it was Cal State Fullerton, go Titans, go. Maybe, you know, I would have more allegiance to a school. But, you know, I didn't go there. So let's go Gonzaga. Woohoo! And, uh, yeah, in the Michigan-UCLA game, I'm probably going to be pulling for UCLA. You know, I'm not a UCLA fan, but everyone else in my group has picked Michigan. So it really, you know, like I said, going to, to go a long way towards helping me win uh, a little bit of cash to help me pay for a couple Uber Eats deliveries for the next uh, week or so. So, you know, hey, March Madness, it's it's been it's been a fun ride, you know, but once it's done, we got baseball season to look forward to, the NFL draft. So, you know, while it's been fun, I'm definitely looking forward to what the sports world has in store for us coming up next. And to switch out of the sports world before we, you know, wrap up the show, like I said, it's, I don't, you know, yesterday I gave you a nice long show, so if you're like, Dean, this is kind of a shorter episode, like I said, your boy's not feeling quite the best here. So, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, their episode two was on Friday, yesterday I reviewed Mighty Ducks, you know, that was the other show that reviewed on Friday, so, you know, hopefully now by Tuesday you've had time to, you know, watch both shows or, you know, so, but we're we're not here to talk about the Mighty Ducks. We're here to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two. So just a few things that, you know, from this show that I thought were important was one, you know, with, you know, John Walker, this fake Captain America, you know, I, at first I thought maybe he was just like some model that like they just like put these, the suit on, but, you know, they actually plan on having him do Captain America things like not just be a PR guy so he's actually like a three-time Medal of Honor winner they show a scene of him like using the shield and whipping it around and you know kind of like Captain America s so you know he seems to be legit badass so he's not just a you know a dude showing up for interviewing stuff but you know Bucky and Sam as you'd expect are definitely not the biggest fans of him like, I think when he was doing his Good Morning America interview, he said something like, even though he didn't know Captain America, Captain America still feels like a brother. So, you know, like, for especially for Bucky, who, like, he goes all the way back to, like, the 30s and 40s with, you know, Steve. Like, it probably feels really weird to see this, like, random dude who's, you know, cosplaying as Captain America and talking about Steve like he actually knew him when he didn't, you know. So, and that just kind of, I think, built some more animosity between Bucky and Sam because you know Bucky's pissed off that Sam gave up the shield because he felt like you know Steve gave you know or Steve Rogers gave Sam the shield for a reason and it's not just like he just gave it to him on a whim or just like in the heat of battle or something like that you know Steve literally went back in time and had the shield for like decades like over half a century and like had a lot of fucking time to think about it and probably met a lot of dudes over time that you know probably were worthy of the shield but no he saved it for for sam so you know definitely bucky is resentful for that and you know i think that he definitely has a right to be you know so 
but it was pretty cool because I felt like with the first episode, it didn't really deliver much on like the title of the show, House Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We didn't get too much interaction between the two. But in this episode, we definitely got to see them more interacting with each other and got to see more like banter. So I think it made the show a lot more fun. So they went after we now know that these like the terrorist group from the first episode, they're these group of people called Flag Smashers. They're the people that just like they like the world better when it was, you know, during the snap when half the people were gone and it was basically like a world without borders. So, you know, they're basically a terrorist organization and Sam had tracked them to some base outside of Munich. So, you know, Bucky goes with him and at some point they have some epic fight. It's like, it's almost like in the matrix reloaded when they're fighting on the freeway, they're just like fighting on top of trucks. Like they're fighting under trucks. They're jumping from car to car. It's all this is happening in the German like countryside. And just when it's like, you know, and, and also it's like, it's, it's not going too well for Sam and, and Bucky. Cause these dudes, like they're finding out while they're fighting them. It's like, these dudes aren't just like regular dudes. They're like straight up super soldiers. And just when you think they're about to be fucked, here comes John Walker, new captain America to save the day. And, you know, long story short, you know, they, he shows up and helps in the fight and the flag smasher dudes get away. Like he straight up got punked. I think he got like Spartan kicked off the truck or, or something like that. And, you know, so they're having this awkward drive back. It's like, you know, John Walker and his little sidekick. I don't know who he is yet, but I'm sure he's going to, you know, he kind of reminds me of, you know, Tony Stark's, you know, War Machine, Don Cheadle guy. Like, he's just there, just like kind of chilling there as a sidekick. And it's kind of awkward because you could tell that John Walker's trying to, like, make peace and, you know, say nice stuff about Steve Rogers and stuff and, and just compliment sam and bucky but he's also kind of implying that he, he's not really apologetic of being captain america he's just saying that he's just trying to be the best captain america he can be and he pisses off sam by basically saying like hey like i want the guy that was on captain america's like side like by my side but just kind of implying that hey sam i want you to be my wingman and like sam's just kind of like dude fuck this dude like you know like Sam was straight up in the actual like Avenger movies and like fighting Thanos and all this stuff. And it's like, sure, this guy won three times Medal of Honor, but he wasn't out here fighting aliens and wizards and robots and stuff like, you know, and at the end of the day, Sam probably feels like, yo, dude, like I should be Captain America. Like the fuck? Like, I didn't know. Like if I knew this was going to happen, I wouldn't have given up the shield. But you know, as Sam told Bucky, like, earlier in this episode, it's not like he can just call up America and say that he's changed his mind about, like, not being Captain America. So, like, it's, like Bucky and Sam, like, basically established to John Walker that they don't really want to work with him because that the way that they like to operate is a little, like, outside the rules or whatever. And... I feel like that that's something that could end up causing an issue with like, you know, you know, Bucky and Sam and this John Walker guy, because this John Walker guy, from all accounts, like when I read about him in the comics and, you know, he seems like he's super patriotic and super by the book. And I mean, he's a military dude and, you know, three time Medal of Honor winner. So I'm sure he is very, you know, all about the country and follows the rules. And meanwhile, Bucky and, and Sam were like 
former outlaws technically you know hit with captain america and all the other superheroes that didn't want to sign that like treaty or whatever the pact to you know show their identities and let them be kind of like under control by the government or whatever so they've already been outlaws and so i don't know if this is going to lead to you know the already kind of friction that's between Sam and Bucky and John Walker, if that's just going to lead them to like, you know, is now John Walker going to be making his mission to stop these guys from being basically vigilantes or whatever. So, you know, kind of, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that kind of tension kind of builds over the next few episodes and the season kind of see where that leads to. And then kind of like one of the other interesting things, you know, before I close out this is, you know, Bucky takes Sam to meet this, you know, they go to Baltimore to meet this guy. It's, his name's Isaiah Bradley. And you find out that, you know, he's a super soldier from like the Vietnam era and, you know, someone that that Bucky went to go assassinate at some point. And Isaiah was mentioning that he like took, a, you know, a chunk of Bucky's arm with him. So, you know, you're kind of finding out, okay, it's not just Bucky, it's not just Steve, like, and it's not just these Flag Smasher dudes, so there's there's more super soldiers, so they're definitely trying to go and get some answers, but, you know, this Isaiah Bradley guy is just not having it, he feels, you know, first off, he doesn't trust Bucky, because he's an ex-Hydra agent, and then he also doesn't probably want, he doesn't trust the government, who he basically said experimented on him for 30 years and then just basically threw him out like trash, like nothing. So, you know, he wants none of it. And, you know, what I think is kind of interesting is, you know, that whole interaction probably definitely rubbed off. I feel like on Sam in a particular way, because like, you know, when you look at it with Isaiah Bradley, when I, when I read up on, he's actually in the comic books, he's like, a Captain America so like a, you know a black Captain America and I think it's kind of interesting you know Sam's probably looking at this and it's like okay this guy was a super soldier from our country and he served our country and look at how he was treated he was just kind of discarded and you know like left like in this like rundown home in Baltimore like forgotten to history and meanwhile like you know Steve Captain America like was a super soldier that served his country like he has a museum like erected for him and I think that, like, it's definitely, like, I think you can't, like, it's it's hard to miss the kind of, like, un racial undertones they're kind of bringing with the show and kind of pointing out that things are different in this country for, you know, white people and, you know, people of color and stuff, you know, because they even brought, you know, it was even more, you know, obvious at an earlier point in this episode when the cops basically pulled over Bucky and Sam and they were basically giving sam just like a hard fucking time and like asking bucky if this guy was was harassing him and it wasn't until they rec they were recognized as avengers that they actually kind of left them alone so i definitely feel like you know with the first episode with you know sam's family not being able to get alone and you know this interaction with the police in this episode and then just you know i i feel like also with you know the way that this Isaiah Bradley how his life kind of turned out I think it's there's definitely going to be they're going to be trying to address a lot of the racial issues and tensions and tensions in this country like through this show you know I think it's you know I think it's you know I think it's pretty interesting in a in a good way of of of, of I don't know I guess approaching some of the stuff that's going on in the real world 
you know that especially with the captain america and like the the characters from the storyline you know that's one of the reasons with captain america winter soldier i really liked that show because it was all kind of like about basically the government and big brother almost like kind of spying and like basically you know other divisions in the country and especially there's a lot of people in the country that you know feel like the government's always listening to you or Siri's always listening to you or stuff like that so you know I think it's kind of definitely you know the show's good you know it's I think it's it's kind of a nice more mature you know show that you get from Disney plus it's like you know you go watch the Mighty Ducks game breakers and or game changers or whatever they call it and it's definitely a kid's show and i feel like the falcon the winter soldier is definitely more on a you know it's like a disney's take on mission impossible or something like that so you know it's definitely a good show i'm enjoying watching it gonna keep covering it definitely recommend if uh, you're a marvel fan and i assume that you probably are a marvel fan and probably watch or something if you're still listening to me you know ramble about this show but, you know, until next time, I'm hoping tomorrow's show I'll be feeling a little better from the effects of this vaccine. Going to have another sip here of the Pedialyte for the boys. Ah, oh, yeah. A Pedialyte uh, definitely tastes like a purple Gatorade, so highly recommend good stuff. But, yeah, until next time, I am your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. Coming from the Tesla Studios here in beautiful San Diego, California. Have a great one, guys. Peace. Peace.